The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Rankings show where we will break down my weekly Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday night, May 2nd, is it? I haven't flipped the calendar that's on my wall. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just Yeah, just, just to add some context as we talk about wins and losses and notable stats and whatnot i'm drew silva joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host janice scurrio welcome in janice we're now into the second calendar month of the 2022 regular season is there anything specific that you're looking forward to this week yeah absolutely uh so the yankees and blue jay series uh, it actually kicked off tonight uh looks like the yankees took uh, the first game uh winning three to two Uh, But both teams are playing extremely well lately. Uh, The Yankees are now on a 10-game winning streak, uh, and the Blue Jays have been hot on their tails. The Jays are only now two and a half games back in the standings, so anything can still happen. So even though the series kicked off tonight, the pitching matchup I'm very excited about is tomorrow, actually. Uh, Jamison Tyone uh, versus Alec Manoa. So the Blue Jays have yet to lose one of Manoa's starts. Uh, He's also never lost a game at the Rogers Center. Uh, So yesterday or tomorrow should uh, definitely be very interesting. Yeah, I have not reflected that score in in any of my notes or rankings. That that game just ended as we hopped on here. So uh, literally just ended. I I was watching it. So that's the only reason why I was so quickly able to refer to it. So yeah, I'll have to adjust a little bit on the fly. But yeah, that's a a massive series as as far as early May series go. Um, Before we get started, a little promo note. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the White Sox play the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park on Sunday, May 8th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. Uh, to learn more, go to peacock.com slash MLB. That's a new uh, thing that we have going on at NBC. Got some baseball rights. Finally, I, I'm in my 14th season working for NBC, and this is the first time they'll actually be broadcasting baseball games, which is really cool. Uh, really looking forward to to what Peacock has planned for the presentation of those games. I've gotten some some internal leaks about about who they have on the call and everything, but um, yeah, I think that'll be really cool. That starts up next Sunday, or I guess this Sunday, May eighth. I'm all over the place with 
what the calendar is supposed to look like. Um, all right, we'll jump into these power rankings. If you're familiar with the show, we do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and three biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 clubs, check out the full power rankings column that goes up on Tuesday, usually late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it actually takes me to write the thing. All right, start us out, Janice, with who we have at number one overall this week. Number one overall, the L.A. Dodgers holding strong from last week's number one spot. They've got the best run differential in all of baseball at plus 47. Uh, Clayton Kershaw became the all-time leader in strikeouts in Dodgers history over the weekend. He's got 2,697 to his name in particular. So at uh, back to the Dodgers at 667, they have the third highest winning percentage of in all of baseball. Uh, we'll discuss the other two teams very soon. Walker Buehler has also been very interesting lately. Uh, he didn't have his best stuff on Sunday, uh, but still threw five scoreless innings. Uh, the Dodgers still uh, beat Detroit, though. Yeah, Kershaw actually got to 2,700 strikeouts for his career. I, I think what you mentioned is just him passing the previous uh, career yes. high in, in Dodgers franchise history. That was just part of my notes because he's the 26th pitcher in Major League history to reach 2,700 career strikeouts, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. The Dodgers kind of narrowly hanging on to this top spot coming off a three and three week. They actually lost two of three to the diamondbacks to begin last week's slate before then taking two of three from the tigers over the weekend and Kershaw. Yeah. That was in a loss on Saturday versus Detroit, but, but reached that career milestone and, and fared well in that game, but only got one run of support in what wound up as a no decision for him. Uh, so still 3-0 and on the season now with a, a, a 2.35 ERA, 0.696 whip, and 30-2 to strikeout-to-walk ratio in 23 innings. Also from the weekend, Tommy Canely returned from Tommy John surgery on Sunday and made his Dodgers debut, pitched a perfect inning of relief, of relief in a 6-3 victory for Los Angeles. Canely faced three batters and struck out two, needed just nine pitches to retire the side with two Ks in the top of the sixth. Um, so, yeah, that two-year deal that the Dodgers signed Canely to in December 2020 is now paying off. He can be a real weapon in high leverage the rest of the way. He has a 13.2 K per nine over his last 149 major league innings. So nice to get Canely into the fold uh, for the Dodgers. The rich kind of get richer with this bullpen that could be Highly lethal when everyone is healthy and meeting expectations. Craig Kimbrell, the primary closer for the Dodgers, is at four saves with a 1.59 ERA. Daniel Hudson, a 1.35 ERA. Uh, Blake Trinan's on the IL but could possibly return from his shoulder issue sometime this month. So another week at number one overall for Los Angeles. And as you mentioned, the best run differential of any major league team at, at plus 47 as of Monday evening, I guess the, the Yankees made some ground on that though. They were number two in the, the, the run differential rankings, man. People are going to be so mad that I didn't move the Yankees higher. Um, I'll be hearing from the same fans who were mad that the Yankees weren't lower like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Never make anyone happy. Yeah. Okay. At number two, the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, even though the Blue Jays lost this evening, they have not, they have yet to lose a series in 2022. Uh, and there's one other team like that. We'll talk about them very soon. 
So super impressive. Uh, Kevin Gausman is the last pitcher since 1903 to begin a season with five straight starts of no walks and no home runs allowed with a minimum of 20 in- innings pitched. So you, you probably remember the last pitcher to do this. Uh, Cy Young? Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was not a joke about your age, but I'm also yeah, what's sure. that all about? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm older than you anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> Jordan Romano was also named AL Reliever of the Month. Uh, Pretty cool. I know we spoke about him last week. Uh, So they won the series uh, over the weekend uh, over the Astros. And yeah, attendance is really great in Toronto. 72,534 fans attended games on Saturday and Sunday. So lots of excitement for this team. Yeah, their TV ratings have been bonkers too. Like 40% of all the TVs in, in Toronto tuning into this Dodgers team on a given night. And yeah, speaking of bullpens, like we did with the Dodgers, you mentioned Romano was was named American Reliever of the Month for April, earned his MLB leading 11th save of the season on Sunday. That was the first day of May against Houston. Now a 1.46 ERA and 14 strikeouts in 12 and a third innings this year for Romano to go along with that MLB best saves total of 11. Uh, the Jays took two of three from Houston, as you said, and they won three of four against the Red Sox before that to begin last week. Um, still yet yet to lose a series this season, like you mentioned. We'll, we'll see if that streak can continue. This is an important three-game set with the Yankees, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, began on Monday evening with a loss at Rogers Center in Toronto. And yet, circling back to Sunday's series finale versus the Astros, you, you highlighted Kevin Gosman got the start in that one, racked up 10 strikeouts with zero walks across seven innings to earn the win. He has a, a, a 0.50 FIP on the season right now. That stands for fielding independent pitching for people unaware. It's an ERA-based metric that focuses solely on what a pitcher can control. Um, So Gosman's ERA is 2.27, but he actually deserves even better than that. Um, 41 strikeouts, no walks, no home runs allowed, as you noted, through 31 and two-thirds innings. Up there, if if you're on some kind of milestone leaderboard with, with Cy Young, um, you're probably doing something right. He finished sixth, I believe, in the NL Cy Young vote last year with the Giants. Yep. It wouldn't shock me if if he takes the thing this year in the American League. Um, other good news, Teoscar Hernandez told reporters that he is headed out to Dunedin, Florida for a minor league rehab assignment that will get underway on Tuesday. So Teoscar's trending toward a return during the Jays, I guess, upcoming four-game weekend series at Cleveland sometime in there. Uh, maybe more like Saturday or Sunday rather than Thursday or Friday. Um, he's been sidelined since April 14th with a left oblique strain. So they'll want him to get, you know, two or three rehab games to to get his swing right. But yeah, Hernandez is about to rejoin an offense that is tied for the major league lead in home runs uh, and, and is only going to get better with, with him back in the mix. Right. At number three of uh, the New York Mets. Uh, yeah, so the Met Gala is actually tonight, and I think it wasn't too long before we talked about last year's Met Gala. Uh, but anyway, uh, who will yeah, have? Yeah, I think I call? asked you what the Met Gala was, and <laughs> I don't know if you had a, a good, <laughs> the correct answer. Yeah. I think you had a good answer, but maybe not the correct one. Yeah, I'm not sure who's going to have the best outfit. Is it Francisco Lindor, Carlos Carrasco, Jeff McNeil? Uh, my money is on Lindor. I feel as if he he would probably <laughs> have the best outfit at the Met Gala. Uh, but like what about I mentioned, Mr. Met. I mean, if you're, I don't know. I feel as if Ms. Met could probably give, give him a run for his money. I, I feel as if she, she could definitely outdress him for sure. Is she Ms. Met or Mrs. Met? She's officially know. single. 
I, I have no idea. I, I figured that she just identified as just being a strong single woman. So good for her. Good, for, good for her. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, the, the Mets are the other team that has not lost a series in 2022. They are currently the second best team in baseball going into Monday based on win percentage. And on Friday, uh, you might have heard of the combined no-hitter uh, featuring uh, Tyler McGill started that game, uh, followed up by Drew Smith, Jolie Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, and Edwin Diaz. Yeah, and I wanted to note uh, here at the top, there were a lot of tough decisions that certain teams had to make as MLB rosters shrunk from 28 to 26 to begin the month of May. That was kind of shoehorned into the new CBA that this year, because it started in a delay and there was a shortened spring that the teams could carry 28 players and had to shrink it to 26 when May swung around. And the Mets opted to designate Robinson Cano for assignment uh, on Monday and, and maybe somewhat of a surprising move because of the dead money that comes along with that decision. Uh, $37.6 million through 2023 is what Cano was or, or is still owed. And he'll be officially released as soon as he passes through waivers unclaimed because of that cash. Um, it was the right baseball decision, but yeah, Steve Cohen's wallet got a little lighter there. I don't know who's going to cover the expenses of the Met Gala. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the Mets are another team here at the top that has yet to lose a series this season. They haven't even split a series. Just took two of three from both the Cardinals and Phillies last week. And on Friday versus Philly, you mentioned Tyler McGill and four relievers combined on the second no-hitter in Mets franchise history. Max Scherzer started Sunday in a 10-6 win. Um, and he did allow four and runs over six innings, but also added nine more strikeouts to his season tally. That's up to 42 Ks now in 31 innings for Scherzer, along with a 2.61 ERA. Uh, and those 42 strikeouts are the second most through five starts by any Mets pitcher just behind 2005 Pedro Martinez. And he topped Nolan Ryan's first five starts with the Mets uh, from the late 1960s. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Jeff McNeil, too. He talked about his potential outfit at the Met Gala. We'll, we'll stop this bit at some point. Um, but, but yeah, he's off to a highly encouraging start after really being a big disappointment in 2021. I think McNeil's hot start sort of played into the decision to let go of Cano. McNeil can be the primary second baseman, and we know he can also play some outfield as well. McNeil had his second three-hit game of the season on Sunday. He hit knocks to all fields. His current 352 batting average is fourth in the National League and seventh among all, all major league hitters. Um, so just a lot of good vibes right now in, in Queens altogether. And yeah, they, they stick in the number three spot for me this week. At number four, uh, the New York Yankees, which at the very top of the show, you mentioned that some people might be in your mentions later on tonight if we're not ranking them higher. But now the Yankees are on a 10 game winning streak with their recent win literally just now over the Blue Jays. But uh, Aaron Judge, uh, so he knocked in his sixth and seventh homers of the year on Sunday. Uh, they won 6-4 over Kansas City. And that was also uh, the Yankees' third consecutive series sweep. Yeah, up, up to number four from number five last week. Uh, could potentially, maybe should arguably go even higher. Um, but yeah, they hopped over the Brewers for me, carried that nine game winning streak into Monday night series opener on the road against the Blue Jays and, and wound up winning that game to extend 
the win streak to 10, like you said. And all members of the Yankees roster in and their general traveling party made the trip up north. So all fully vaxxed, which is worth celebrating kind of after the Red Sox had issues in that regard last week. And I, th- I think with the cascade effect of, of the Red Sox not having Tanner Hook and, 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 and an, another player up there in Canada, it kind of put them in bad, in bad shape um, going into that series and then coming out of it. So the Red Sox are down to 17th this week, a spoiler for the column that drops on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, the Yankees are on a roll, swept three game series from the Guardians or Orioles and Royals in that order. Obviously not the stiffest competition um, and the competition gets turned up in a big way now during the series versus the Jays. But you have to beat up on the bad teams when you get the opportunity to do so. And the Yankees have done that Well, jumping up to 10 games, now 11 games above the 500 mark. Anthony Rizzo is the current MLB leader in home runs with nine. He also has 21 RBIs through his first 22 games played this year. And to put that into context, Rizzo had eight homers and 21 RBIs in 49 total games last year with the Yankees after they acquired him from the Cubs in late July. Um, So an excellent start for Rizzo, the veteran first baseman, and his return to the Bronx. It was not really a highly regarded move when it came together after the lockout this spring. Yankees fans wanted, you know, a trade for Matt Olson or maybe go out and sign Freddie Freeman. But, you know, Rizzo sits sits atop a lot of leaderboards right now, which is great. Um, and, yeah, tied for the second – tied for second for the MLB lead in homers is Aaron Judge. And in his last 10 games, Glaber Torres is 11 for 32 with 10 RBIs, again, in his last 10 games. Um, so, yeah, the, the Bronx Bombers kind of doing their thing here in the close of April and the beginning of May. Everyone hitting really well. Yep. So at number five, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, so they're first place in the NL Central. Uh, so a pitcher that I actually wrote about uh, over the weekend was Eric Lauer. Uh, he has uh, two consecutive starts with 10-plus strikeouts. Uh, he's not even the Brewers' strikeout leader. Uh, Corbin Burns is. So in the lineup, uh, Willie Adamas was named National League Player of the Week, and uh, rightfully so. He's got a 310 average, four home runs, 10 RBI, and a 1.203 OPS. Yeah, Milwaukee essentially just got leapfrogged here by the Yankees with their 10-game winning streak. So apologies to the Brewers who've won five of their last six games, 11 of their last 14. They put up nine homers and 20 total runs in the first two games of their three-game weekend series against the Cubs before falling a bit flat on Sunday behind Corbin Burns, who, like you mentioned, he's been great, just hasn't had the greatest run support to begin the year. Burns only has one win through five starts despite a a 1.93 ERA and 43 strikeouts and 32-plus innings. He'll be just fine, though. Um, Yeah, Willie Adamas named NL Player of the Week for April 25th to May 1st, like you mentioned. Josh Hader was named National League Reliever of the Month for April with his 10 saves and no runs allowed in 10 appearances, 15 strikeouts, only two hits against Hader in nine and a third innings. So the Brewers drop a spot for external reasons mostly and and remain in my top five this week the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Wonderful. So let's go ahead and head to the biggest risers. So uh, your biggest riser of the week, uh, the San Diego Padres. Uh, they're at number seven now. Uh, last week they were at number 11. So the Padres are now tied with the Dodgers in the NL West, NL West being seven and three in their last 10 games. So really uh, good news for tomorrow. Uh, Mike Clevenger is going to take a st- take the hill uh, after his uh, Tommy John surgery has finally culminated. Uh, Joe Musgrove got the win on Sunday, gave up one run in seven innings, uh, struck out eight. He's been looking uh, quite well lately. And yeah, not to mention that uh, Eric Hosmer and Manny Machado currently lead the majors in batting average. Yeah. 13 of the Padres' 15 wins so far have come against losing teams, six of them against the Reds alone. Uh, but like I said before, it, it, it's an obvious point made, obviously, but you have to beat up on lesser competition when the opportunity is presented. It's what the good teams do. Wins uh, fif- wins. Yep, exactly. 15 and eight overall, seven games above 500 through 23 contests for the Padres. And without the help of Fernando Tatis Jr., who has started some baseball activities, he's about six weeks removed from his March 16th surgery for a fracture in his left wrist, uh, trending toward a return sometime in June, probably mid to late June. Um, and hey, if, if the Padres are jockeying for pole position in the NL West at that point, like they are right now, that would have to be considered a resounding success, you know, w- without the help of Tatis. Manny Machado off to a terrific start, like you said. Less expected, so is Eric Hosmer. And I love what I've seen from Hassan Kim to begin his second big league season. An 858 OPS with three homers, 10 RBIs, a stolen base, 13 runs scored through 17 games played for Kim. Um, on the pitching side, Joe Musgrove, uh, a 1.97 ERA, 33 to 2 strikeout to walk ratio in 32 innings. Mackenzie Gore, a 1.76 ERA and 20 strikeouts through 15 and a third innings uh, post-hype kind of prospect who's finally emerging with good health now. Uh, New closer Taylor Rogers has nine saves and has yet to allow a run through 10 appearances. And then, like you said, Mike Clevenger set to make his season debut on Tuesday versus Cleveland after working past the Tommy John rehab and then some some knee discomfort that popped up early this spring. So, yeah, things are looking up for the Friars. They vault into the top 10. Lane to get number seven for this week. At number eight, the Los Angeles Angels climbing up a handful of spots uh, from number 14. Uh, So probably playing the White Sox certainly helped that rise a little bit, uh, even though they did split the weekend series with the White Sox. 
Taylor Ward is probably the hottest name in fantasy right now. He's mm-hmm. also your AL player of the week. Uh, over the last week, uh, he led the AL in hits, extra base hits, total bases, runs scored, and OPS. Uh, so some good news about Shohei Otani. Uh, he was available off the bench today. Uh, Angels say it's very minor. But anyway, uh, the Angels are now 15-9, and nine, and they're headed to face Boston next. Yeah, the lead story here definitely could have been that Shohei Otani injured his groin on Sunday, but Angels head trainer came out and called it a minor issue. Like you said, no IL expected, which is very good news. That would have put a big damper on what was a 14 and 8 showing in April for the Angels. Now 1 and 1 in May, 15 and 9 overall after falling to the White Sox on Monday afternoon. Health is such a crucial factor for this team. I mean, it's a factor for all teams, but Seeing Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon both active and contributing and Otani doing his two-way thing, the top-end talent on the Angels roster is about as good as it gets across the league. Uh, Taylor Ward, like you mentioned, he's emerged as like the new table setter for for this team. For those three, for Trout, Otani, Rendon, seems to have claimed the leadoff job Ward has He's batting 390 with a 1239 OPS through 71 plate appearances this year. Five homers, 13 RBIs, a stolen base, 16 runs scored in 16 games played. From a player who was barely drafted in even the deepest fantasy leagues this spring, his average draft position was up in the 700s. Um, So, yeah, Ward's been one of the best waiver wire grabs of, of any player on any team out of the gate this season. Brandon Marsh has been really good. Uh, Joe Adele has turned it on a bit. Uh, Jared Walsh is sure to get it going at some point. He's kind of off to a slow start. The pitching has been like solid. Noah Syndergaard was scratched from his last start because of an illness, but it's not COVID uh, and he should be able to slot in sometime this week. 2.12 ERA through 17 innings this season for Syndergaard. Patrick Sandoval did finally kind of crack Monday against the White Sox, but he's mostly looked stellar with that devastating changeup. Um, Michael Lorenzen, he's had some command issues, but you'll take his 3.04 ERA where it sits right now. So when the Angels' stars are healthy, this roster actually has some depth, um, and I, I think it's going to be a fun summer in the American League West if if they can, you know, just just steer clear of some minor injuries. <laughs> At number twenty. The Miami Marlins. So uh, the Marlins are 12 and nine, and they also have a positive run differential. It's at a plus six. They're second place uh, behind the Blazing Mets, and they're eight and two in their last 10 games. Uh, so what's going on here? So uh, Pablo Lopez has definitely have been a, has been a bright spot. He went three and zero with a .39 ERA and 23 strikeouts in 23 and one third innings uh, in his four starts so far for Miami. So, uh, yeah, he also led the majors in ERA for the month of April. Uh, so, yeah, well, what's going on with the Marlins? What's yeah, we up? don't talk Marlins much on this show yeah, because we really don't. they usually kind of languish between spots like, you know, 22 to 30, and they just don't rise or fall enough for. Yeah, kind of in the doldrums. Yeah, but... for them to become a topic. But, I, I mean, it's undeniable right now, their record. So they move into the top 20. They had won seven straight games against the Braves, Nationals, and Mariners before falling 7-3 to Seattle on Sunday. Now a three-game series with the Diamondbacks to perhaps take advantage of. Uh, Pablo Lopez, as you said, an, an incredible April. He earned Pitcher of the Month honors in the National League after going 3-0 and with that 0.39 ERA that you cited. 
Um, as I say that, though, I noticed that Lopez started Monday night's series opener versus Arizona, and he gave up four and runs over four and two-thirds innings. So, yeah, the ERA jumps from 0.39 to 1.61. Still respectable. Um, that's that's the, the curse of the early season rate stat and, and pitcher of the month accolades. I, I don't expect the Marlins to, like, make a move into the top 15 of my rankings or anything, but I think they get a deserving jump in, into the top 20 this week following that seven-game winning streak that carried all the way into Sunday. Um, the good young rotation should help Miami avoid lengthy losing streaks, but I kind of remain skeptical about the offense beyond like Jazz Chisholm and you know maybe a little Jesus Sanchez and Joey Wendell action. Wendell's been a nice pickup for them, uh, but Jesus Aguilar, Miguel Rojas, Jacob Stallings, Avisel Garcia all really struggling out of the gate. Jorge Soler can hit bombs when he connects. He had a massive home run over the weekend. Uh, but with Soler, the consistency tends to be lacking. I think the Marlins probably should have spent real money on, on another offensive threat or two over the winter uh, to pair with that great young rotation and a really good bullpen. Um, but yeah, into the top 20 for at least this week. And it wouldn't shock me if they kind of finish around this territory. Right. Let's move on to the biggest fallers of the week. Uh, so the Atlanta Braves for uh, the second straight week at number 12. Uh, so they're just hovering above the nationals in the NL East. Hmm. Uh, so uh, this week, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, was reinstated from the injured list. Uh, he returned to the lineup on April 28th. Uh, so uh, he, he started in right field and went one for five. Uh, Atlanta won that game. But otherwise, I do know that they're going to rest him on travel days uh, and he will serve on the DA, as the DH on some other days. Uh, so they're easing him back into action. But otherwise, are the Braves really in trouble here? They just seem to keep on falling. I mean, it's strange to dock a team that just welcomed Ronald Acuna Jr., you know, one of the best players in all of baseball. But where they sit right now, this is more of a culmination of everything that has happened through the first month. I, I put the Braves at number one overall to begin the year as a nod to their World Series title in 2021. But they had fallen to the eighth spot for me by last week and now down to 12th overall here at the beginning of May, if I had started them even lower in the rankings, maybe they'd be even lower right now. I don't know. It's not really that advanced of methodology, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure they're even lower at, at other places that do power rankings, but I, I do try to take a broader scope of the talent levels on these rosters. And Atlanta's roster just did significantly improve with the aforementioned return of Acuna. He's now almost 10 full months removed from last year's ACL tear. He stole two bases in a season debut last Thursday against the Cubs. The talk, like you said, is that Acuna probably won't be an everyday player until he reaches the 12 month mark from that knee injury. But I kind of doubt the Braves are going to stick with that. Like they didn't stick to the early May target to activate him and instead doing so on April 28th. And especially if they're hovering under 500 through much of May and then that extends into June. Um, that's going to up the pressure, the desperation, the the need to have their best player, one of the best players in baseball in the lineup pretty much every day, every night. So I, I could see Acuna rotating in at DH fairly regularly as, as a safeguard, um, even when he gets cleared to play the outfield. But yeah, he's going to be He's going to be in the lineup most days soon enough. Um, 10 and 13 through 23 games for the reigning champs who 
uh, just started a big four game series in Queens against the division rival Mets. The pressure's already on really. Um, and I don't, I don't think they're going to be as cautious as they would maybe like to be with Acuna. Uh, one positive note, Austin Riley is only built on his breakout from 2021. He, he currently ranks third in, in the major leagues with the 459 XWOBA. Um, expected weighted on base average trailing only Mike Trout, who's at 532 and Aaron judge, who's at 482 uh, by that metric. So basically confirms that the 942 OPS Riley is showing right now um, is no fluke. I, I think the Braves are going to be good long-term. I, I think it's just been a, a weird start to the season um, and they're going to be just fine. At number 15, uh, the Chicago White Sox falling again. Uh, so this is rather embarrassing for me personally. Uh, I should be over it by now, but I'm not. Uh, but yeah, my emotions are tied to Cardinals <laughs> wins and losses and Blues wins and losses. They're starting their game one. There you uh, go. Yeah. There you go. It's so, sad. I'm, you- I'm, I'm 35 years old. I, sh- I should be over at this by now. But Oh, uh, wonderful. There we go. Well, and now I know for sure that I'm older than you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you look better than me, though. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Not after watching the White Sox, though. After um, watching their problems with right-handed pitching, it has definitely aged me another five to ten years. Uh, So the offense generally just needs to wake up. Uh, Tim Anderson is the only hitter in the lineup with a batting average north of 300. One bright spot, I will be optimistic for a change. Uh, Dylan Cease uh, has a very high strikeout upside. So today in a start against the Angels, he fanned 11, tying a career high for strikeouts, and just allowed one hit and no walks in a seven scoreless innings. He also caught Mike Trout looking on a changeup, which I thought was pretty cool and interesting. Yeah. But otherwise, um, yeah, I, I know you mentioned uh, Kevin Gausman earlier as a possible Cy Young contender, but I don't know. I, I think I'd like to push forth Cease as a possible contender as well. Yeah, I, I wish I had laid some preseason like player prop action on Cease. Like he was a long shot for Cy Young, but like MLB strikeouts leader, even something to that effect. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd call a four game split with the Angels a, a pretty positive result for the White Sox at this point, um, which which is what just occurred with with Dylan Cease dominating to a three nothing victory on Monday afternoon. He's got a 2.48 ERA, 39 strikeouts through 29 innings this season, um, carrying a heavy, heavy load right now for a rotation that has been hit hard by injuries and some ineffectiveness. I guess Johnny Cueto could jump into the mix soon, making his third AAA start this week. Yep. Are you ex- excited about that? Uh, the word on the street is, uh, yeah, apparently that's happening. Uh, I, I think um, I, I can speak on behalf of most White Sox fans when uh, I say that we uh, do not want to see another Dallas Keuchel start. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, Keuchel's been horrible, but I, I don't know if Cueto is like the big answer either. Um, yeah. And, and the offense is still stung by, I think, the Eloy Jimenez hamstring tear you mentioned the batting averages all look pretty bad outside of Tim Anderson. That, that's going to keep him out until mid to late June or so, it looks like, with Jimenez. He did start playing catch the other day, but um, obviously the big test will be like running and agility drills for that severe hamstring injury. Luis Robert did have a nice th- – was it three for four day on Monday? Um, ho- hopefully that gets him going. Jose Abreu with a hit and a run on Monday that would be helpful to get him hot too. 
I think your White Sox are going to be fine in the long run. I, I said that about the Braves too, but I, I really think so. Nine and thirteen through twenty-two games is obviously not what anyone expected from this club. Um, and I don't know if it turns out the Twins are actually really good. It's not going to be easy cruising in the AL Central, but it's very early. Um, and I, I think the White Sox will, will pick it up and they can make some moves if they have to in June or July and, and getting Lance Lynn back. I, I think that's going to happen by the end of the end of May. LaRusa kind of hinted at. Um, mm, yeah. So there's going to be some positives here soon. I think a four game split with the Angels again is 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 pretty positive. Absolutely. I like your optimism. There we I'll go. carry that forward. <laughs> your final faller of the week, the Cincinnati Reds. Woof. Uh, they're three and 19 negative 65 run differential. Uh, they lost on Sunday, 10 to one. Uh, so that was the club's 17th loss in its last 18 games. Uh, this is by far the worst start in franchise history and the worst 22 game start by any major league team in the last 20 seasons. So trying to find creative ways to say that they're bad. And this was the best I could do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They only dropped one spot this week from 29 to 30 in my rankings. It's possible but... to rank a team 31. Exactly. Yeah. It... When, when you hit the bottom of the barrel, like the reds have, and you're not named the Orioles or the pirates, the, you know, those two teams have kind of been living at the bottom of my rankings the last few years, diamondbacks too. Um, but yeah, when, when the reds fall down there after being, you know, I think close to a contending team like pre lockout. Um, I think we've got to address their fall here on this power ranking show. And yeah, with their 10 to one loss to the Rockies on Sunday afternoon, now at three and 19 on the year, it's the worst start through a team's first 22 games since the 2003 Detroit Tigers, as you alluded to. And, and overall with that three and 19 record and the minus 65 run differential to begin the season, it's, it's really the worst start for any team since baseball was integrated. Um, so yeah. So like breaking this down, the 2003 Tigers opened three and 19 and had a minus 63 run differential through 22 games. They went on to lose 119 games and the 1962 Mets in their debut season as a franchise opened five and 17 and had a minus 49 run differential through 22 games. They went on to lose 120 games um, so the Reds are like trending in that historic territory. And it's not the kind of history that you want your team to be making here in the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, yeah. And more bad news, Jonathan India, the 2021 NL rookie of the year winner, he's back on the injured list with more right hamstring trouble, uh, been limited to 11 games this season and will probably spend more time on the IL this time around to ensure that the hamstring issue is fully in the rear view. Um, so we might not see him back until closer to, to mid or, or, may, or mid or late May. Um, also in the rear view is this episode of the circling the basis podcast. How about that closing segue, Janice? Did you like Whoa, that? Pretty good. That just kind of hit me out of nowhere. It, it, it hit me like the car attached to that rear view mirror. Wow. That was it. Wow. Was <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column that goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings, observations on all 30 teams. Rate and review the Circling the Basis podcast. Uh, any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa. And let's go Blues. <laughs>
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.